Welcome to this podcast from the University Church. Today is Trinity Sunday, the day we reflect on the doctrine of the Trinity, God as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In the collect for today, there's a lovely line that says, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draws more deeply into the mystery of your love. Often the subject of the Trinity can seem like a frustratingly complex or boring puzzle to solve. But today, may it instead be simply an invitation. An invitation to embrace God with a wild imagination and to have a tangible experience of divine love. Let us pray. Holy God, faithful and unchanging, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draw us more deeply into the mystery of your love, that we may truly worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Many years ago, before I took up my current post in Oxford, I was on the staff of the Theological College in Salisbury, preparing people for ministry in the Church of England. This was so long ago now that throughout the six years I was on the staff there, women could train only to be either authorised lay workers or deacons, not, of course, to disparage those ministries. But yes, the Church of England once did not ordain women to the priesthood or his bishops. No, really, it was like that. The principal of the college back then was an impressive person I owe a great deal to in my own priestly formation, Philip Crow. In the preaching course at the college, he used to say this to ordinands who were anxious about the prospect of preaching on Trinity Sunday for the first time. He said something like this, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. The good news is that every one of you has a Trinity Sunday sermon in you. You really do. It's in there. The bad news is that Trinity Sunday comes around every year. A route around my hard drive revealed to me that since I was ordained deacon in 1992, I have preached at least 10 times on Trinity Sunday. Do I have another Trinity Sunday sermon in me without retreating to cheap jokes about this being the Sunday on which more heresy is innocently preached than any other. And is there something different about a Trinity Sunday in lockdown? Maybe I have an advantage here of not being a theologian. By that I mean I'm not what is called a systematic theologian, uh, somebody who works on doctrine. I remember the first time as a student I heard the term systematic theology, and it made me wonder what unsystematic theology was. And I thought, well, maybe that's what most theology is. Those of us in other disciplines, like church history for me or New Testament for Will, are sometimes, well, not really considered quite the real deal by our systematician colleagues, though they are often quite nice about it. Having to engage with evidence or contextualized texts can get in the way of pure thought 
unencumbered by things like, well, evidence or contextualized texts. But it isn't rocket science to note that the doctrine of the Trinity or doctrines of the Trinity go through fashions, and I don't use that word pejoratively, and have a historical context. What Christians wish to foreground about God at any one time generally tells us more about ourselves than it does about God. In the 20th century, the idea of the social trinity became very popular in academic circles, though it has old and long roots in the tradition. It had the advantage, too, that it was an idea seminarians and anxious ordinates could get a grip on as they looked down that long, long tunnel of many, many Trinity Sundays stretching ahead of them. Well, what is it? The social trinity emphasized that the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are in relationship to one another. The three persons are not aspects of one God, or God in different modes or in different jobs. Not, for example, like saying that God is like water, but can be liquid, steam, or ice, always a popular heresy on Trinity Sunday in the desperate attempt to find a metaphor that works. Rather, the three persons are in constant relationship with each other. That is, community, relationship is at the heart of God. To quote the leading British theologian Karen Kilby, this is how she describes the social trinity. Social theorists, by which she means promoters of the social trinity, propose that Christians should not imagine God on the model of some individual person or thing that has three sides, aspects, dimensions, or modes of being. God is instead to be thought of as a collective, a group, or a society, bound together by the mutual love, accord, and self-giving of its members. Jürgen Moltmann was one of the great giants of the social trinity, who saw it as a blow against the excessive individualism of modernity. But both feminist theologians and liberation theologians were drawn to this way of speaking of the triune God too, an antidote against hierarchy and a model for mutuality and responsibility. I gather the social trinity, as I understand it, it's not my field, remember, is going out of fashion among many of our leading systematic theologians. And maybe they are right. But I wonder whether on this lockdown Trinity Sunday with social distancing and the hard reality that we cannot gather together to celebrate the Eucharist as we desire to do, the social Trinity might have something important to say to us, as it did, for example, to liberation and feminist theologians of the previous century though one might think that their concerns are still very much alive and on the table. In other words, if loving relationship is at the heart of what God is, then it isn't very surprising that many of us, as we are all made in the image of God, are finding isolation and social distancing just so very hard. And I'm sure I speak for many people as one of a sizable minority in the UK who comprise a household of one. I haven't eaten another meal 
with another person since mid-March. Yes, I am in touch with friends and relatives on Zoom and Teams, both in the UK and abroad, more than I ever was in pre-COVID times. And that's a good thing. But it isn't the same. And hard as the current context is for many of us, and of course, most of us are not in the frontline services, it reminds us that we are actually created to be social, that we are made for loving relationship, that we are made in the image of the triune God, this social trinity. If God is social, so are we. One commentator I read in preparation for this sermon pointed out that the doctrine of the Trinity should be preached as good news and not as a problem. Good news, for it affirms that the God who made us is the God who redeems us, is the God who strengthens us. It affirms that relationality is core to God. We are given the grace to have it in our lives with each other and with God. The times compel us to social distancing. The social trinity both reminds us not to get used to it, and it gives us the grace to bear it. There is some good news. Amen.
Almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We pray for your Church throughout the world, for all bishops, priests and clergy, for Stephen our Bishop and Will, Charlotte, Alan and Judith. Strengthen your Church as she seeks new ways to reach out to congregations displaced by the pandemic. May your Church be a beacon of light in the darkness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, who made the heavens, the moon and the stars, we thank you for your goodness and for the beautiful earth. Help us care for it and amend our lives to end the exploitation of the planet. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Son, we pray for the leaders of the world and our government as they seek a safe way forward out of lockdown. May there be peace among all nations and within each nation. We pray especially for the communities of the United States, torn apart by violence, and for all peoples persecuted or suffering discrimination because of their race or ethnicity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We give thanks for all who have risked their lives for the good of others during the pandemic. All who work for the NHS, in care homes, or supplied and run food stores, or kept essential services running. Help us remember we are all children of God and not be dazzled by positions of grandeur. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your disciples, I am with you always. Be with us today as we offer ourselves to you. As lockdown reduces, be with all returning to work and school and with those with no work and in fear for their livelihoods. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, be close to those who are ill, afraid or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal Spirit, we pray for all who have died and all who will die today. May they rest in peace and rise in glory. Hold in your loving arms those who mourn. Grant them your comfort and peace. In silence we bring to God our own prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We unite our prayers and petitions in the words our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, 
defend you on every side and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.